Hello and welcome back to the Mother's Empowerment Podcast. It's fall, time to go back to school. I've got some really great episodes for you as we enter this new season, and I'm sure you're going to want to tune in. I also have an upcoming workshop, and you can learn all about that on my website, isabelbridges.com. See you inside the episode. Hello and welcome to the Mother's Empowerment Podcast. I'm your host, Isabel Bridges, and here on this show, we dive deep into all things mothering, sistering, and humaning. Because the roles that you play are something you learned, not who you are. Let's begin. Hi, and welcome back. I'm Isabel, and today we're talking about befriending ourselves, befriending balance, befriending self-care with my dear friend and colleague, Lauren Foster. Hi, Lauren. Thanks for being here. Hi, Isabel. So Lauren is going to tell you a little bit about who she is, but I just want to highlight that she is the founder of The Powerful Project, and we, uh, my partner and I, are um, really excited about the Powerful Project. And we are donating a quarter of all our proceeds for our upcoming program, Mommy Circle, to this um, project. So, Lauren, will you tell us a little bit about the Powerful Project, about who you are, and then also, what does empowerment mean to you? I know that's a lot of questions. Absolutely. So, okay. So, I'm Lauren Fox. And personally, I'm a mom to a 23-year-old young adult daughter. I'm a wife. I'm an eldest sister. I'm, I'm the eldest of three, a firstborn daughter. And I'm also an aunt and a bubby, which is another word for grandma. Um, ultimately, I'm a soul who cares deeply. And then on the professional side of things, I'm a speech language pathologist, though I'm not currently seeing any more speech clients. Um, I have a small caseload of clients. I coach as a certified natural healthcare practitioner and a parenting coach. Um, I'm also the assistant director at Perspective Center for Holistic Therapy, which is a psychotherapy and speech therapy practice based in Atlanta, Georgia. And most recently, as you've already mentioned, I'm the founder, director, I actually wear a lot of different hats, uh, to run a grassroots nonprofit, The Powerful Project, whose mission is to connect individuals who are stuck in the middle. So these are people who make just a little too much to qualify for government subsidized funding, but not enough to get quality mental health care support for themselves or for their whole family. Um, so this is because, you know, again, yeah, they might have health insurance, but that high deductible, they might not have health insurance. So they need a little extra help. And we match people um, with quality mental health support at an affordable rate through the mental health scholarship program. And just because I feel like listeners might be curious, um, this nonprofit was an idea that I had 20 some odd years ago after I was divorced from my ex-husband and I was a person who was stuck in the middle, I went back to work and I 
was making ends meet, but I was basically just surviving, not thriving. And this nonprofit would have helped me back then. Um, so I personally like this nonprofit just means so much because I, you know, personally experienced, you know, the trauma and the hardship that many folks are dealing with now, like post COVID. And um, so the Palpa Project was born almost three years ago. Um, and we're so grateful, Isabel, that you and Elizabeth have chosen the Palpa Project as a nonprofit that you're supporting um, through your upcoming mommy uh, women's circle. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for caring about others, other people's mental health. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was a mouthful. <laughs> I'm really, I'm really glad you went into all of that because in my heart, a big part of empowerment means that we all deserve to feel empowered. We all deserve to feel like we have sovereignty and mental health is a big part of that. Absolutely. Making it available to everyone. Yeah. And, and really we're just coming across so many people that do not feel empowered, that it's a really big step to reach out and to ask for mental health support or to ask for help in general um, and so we're working to really help, you know, break that stigma because mental health is health. Um, it is health. It's just, we can't see the brain. We can't see inside, right? We see when someone has an outward disease, we're more familiar with that, but the mental health diseases or the inflictions of anxiety and depression, like that's not something that is so visible typically, yeah. um, so what empowerment means to me is feeling confident enough or brave enough or courageous enough to move forward with something that feels important or has meaning. Mm -hmm. um, not letting that sometimes that, that voice in your head prevent you from doing something that you feel calling for. Um, that's sort of like what empowerment means to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, good. Thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. So I want to want to go back to what you said about the invisible aspects of mental health mm -hmm. and kind of um, turn down the road of neurodivergency, which is mm -hmm. also invisible yeah. um, and and ways that we can support ourselves if we are neurodivergent what neurodivergence is, ways we can support our kids if they are neurodivergent. Yeah, yeah. So let's see where to begin. So, um, well, first, uh, it's fabulous um, that you guys are hosting this upcoming mommy circle to support moms who have children who are neurodivergent. And neurodivergent, that can mean different things to different people. Um, I personally don't feel like there is one meaning that fits under that title. Um, being Having a neurodivergent brain means that your brain works a little bit differently than the traditional model of um, a, a more standard or, you know, in the past, what we would see, you know, as a uh, typical, I hate to really use the word normal, but traditional brain. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so we know like these are kids that have additional needs or people, I shouldn't say kids, because mm -hmm. there's a lot of adults out there that do not have a diagnosis or a label, 
But, you know, as an adult, they might be reading and researching and sort of stumbling upon, oh, maybe this this sounds like me or this fits, you know, whether they're a highly sensitive person or someone that might, you know, have some characteristics of, you know, autism um, or, or just thinking differently. And we all know inside when we feel different, when, when we have that feeling that we just don't think like everybody else, which really is a beautiful thing. And it's a blessing in disguise. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this thing called life, it's a journey for all of us. And if you are a person or if you have a child that is neurodivergent, there's just, you know, an extra layer of um, stress mm-hmm. and things that we need to do so that we can feel comfortable and and um, just navigate through the world. Yeah, I want to just invite our listeners to pause as you hear that and just notice what comes up for you around having additional needs or your kids having additional needs. Just that word additional, you know, mm-hmm. it's more. And mm-hmm. as moms, we're all carrying such a heavy mental load. And so with this additional load, um, I just want to acknowledge that it's real Mm -hmm. and that you don't have to do it alone. And that oftentimes you are doing it alone and it, then Mm -hmm. it's a lot and that the struggle is real. Absolutely. And, you know, I think the more we come together to support one another the easier, you know, the lighter the burden can feel because feeling alone and having to navigate and and research and, you know, create your own roadmaps for resources and supports for your child, you know, and if you, if you have more than one child for the siblings, you know, for your whole family unit, it's a lot, it's a job. Mm -hmm. It's a full-time job to get. Some people have partners or parents. You know, mm-hmm. that they need to support. So exactly, exactly. And oftentimes in this sandwich generation, we might have children who need additional supports as well as aging parents who need additional support. So it's a lot. And um I'm really I feel really honored to be speaking with you today just about like how can we give ourselves a little extra self-care take a pause, take a breath. That's so important. Like, I know I I try to practice what I preach, but like really breathing, deep breathing. That's Mm -hmm. one takeaway. Mm -hmm. Like just for us, do we want to just take like three slow deep breaths right now? I, I like to put my hand on my heart because it connects me with my heart energy, my heart chakra, and, um, and it connects my mind with my body. So that's something, even if, I'm out in the world. If I'm feeling super stressed, I can just wherever I am, put my hand on my heart and then slowly just take a deep breath in through your nose and exhale through your mouth. Let's just do that two more times.
And when I was doing this just now, I am thinking about whoever is listening and sending out energetic love and care to all listeners right now at this moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some other ways that we can just add some extra care, uh, self-care into our lives where it's not just one more thing to do? Like Mm -hmm. what we just did, I hear a difference in my own voice, in the pace of my own voice. And it didn't really take that much time. So what are some other things that we can do, like Mm -hmm. very deep breaths that actually make an impact, but aren't like additional things that we need to add to our lives? Yeah, I love, I love that you qualify that, that we're not adding to a to-do list. Yeah. We're not creating a new self-care to-do list. We know that we're all super busy and it's great to have one to-do list. We don't need several. (laughs) Um, So just on the topic of deep breathing, when we slow down and take these mindful deep breaths, we are actually helping our parasympathetic and our sympathetic nervous system calm down. So just like you said, Isabel, like you can hear it like in your voice when you heard yourself talking, like you hear a change or you, you feel a change. So I can't stress enough the importance of just slow, deep breathing We can do this when we sit down in our car. We can just take a few slow deep breaths. We can do it really anytime. If we can just remind ourselves, maybe put a sticky note up in the car, Mm. right? The car is a place where oftentimes we can feel additional stress if we're picking children up or taking them to school, to extracurriculars, in traffic, right? So if you have a little sticky note in your car someplace, deep breaths with a smiley face. Because we are imprinting, we're teaching our brain, we're creating a new neural pathway when we see that little sticky note message. Um, I had one client who put sticky notes up all over her house in different rooms on the mirror. She had one in the refrigerator Um, and her kids would giggle like the kids thought it was so funny, but it was a cue to help everybody in the family to take three or five deep, slow breaths. So So a trigger, give yourself a trigger. I like to use a stoplight. Yeah. Like it's just like a reminder. Like the deep breaths. (laughs) Exactly. So any any place where you can put little positive messaging um, Mm -hmm. can help create and strengthen a positive neural pathway. Typically the word trigger, right? We Mm -hmm. usually connotate that with a negative, but this could be like a positive trigger or a reminder or a sparkle. Mm -hmm. And when we start doing this for ourselves, if we teach it to the other members of our family, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. really like slowing down and self-care for all family members can really be established or strengthened. Mm-hmm. So deep breathing is one uh, tool. And before like talking about other tips and tools, I like to invite moms to just think about their schedule and the time during the day when they might feel most stressed or they know it can be, you know, a time of kind of chaos. And if you, if we can identify those times, then we can think about, well, what realistically can we do to just to have like a moment of connection with ourselves to then decompress before we go on to the next activity in our schedule. 
Um, A quick, well, it could be quick, just stepping outside into nature. Mm -hmm. And again, you don't have to do this for five or 10 or 15 minutes. It could literally be for one moment that you just, you know, step outside, whether you're in the kitchen or if you're in your office or it doesn't matter where you are. If you're able to just step outside, take that nice, slow, deep breath and just look at the trees, look at the grass. If there are flowers, notice a bird, a butterfly, what, whatever is out there in nature. Nature has a very soothing effect on our nervous and our sensory system. Mm-hmm. So if we can just get out into nature. Um, that can help. And it's a form of self-care. Um, the other thing, if you have a few more minutes and if it's appropriate to take your shoes and socks off and to stand on the grass, mm. this enables our body to connect with mother nature in a way it's called grounding and there's lots of information on it, but just standing in the grass on the earth can also help energetically calm our nervous systems. Um, and it maybe another time we can talk about some other tips and techniques, but um, also um, a, a dear friend, her name is Dr. Kelly Ritter. She talks about the importance of having your eyes exposed to daylight. Mm-hmm. Um, so instead of wearing your sunglasses, just to and lift them off and gaze into the sky, not, not directly at the sun, but getting that natural light um, is really healing and calming for the body. Mm. So connecting with nature mm-hmm. can be something that can feel really soothing, especially mm. in the midst of a really chaotic day. Mm-hmm. And <sighs> doing those breaths while doing the, the bare feet grounding. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And, um, you know, if as moms, we just, you know, test out like the deep breathing, like putting our hand on our heart and taking some deep breaths or just stepping outside, stepping into the backyard or the front yard and taking some deep breaths and just observing in nature. If we do this for ourselves and our family members happen to observe us doing this, mm. we're modeling, yeah. right? Because self-care, self-love is not a class that's taught in school. So our kids learn about self-love and self-care and the importance of creating balance in our schedule from who? Us. Us. Who knew when we signed up to become a parent, we did not know we were also signing up to be a teacher. Mm -hmm. Um, So really, when we improve or increase, I should say, when we increase our intention, when we bring intentionality and mindfulness to our own self-care as a mom, the benefits are far outlasting because not only are we helping ourselves feel calmer, more grounded, right? More at ease. So hopefully we won't flip our lid when our emotional buttons get pushed, which is natural and normal for us humans they get pushed and that's just a fact of life. However, when we when we just bump up our self-care, we can be less reactive. So instead of reacting because we're like, oh my gosh, running from one thing to the next, we can more calmly respond. Um, and then 
So that's like, right, the, the first benefit. And the second benefit is our little people who live with us in the house, they're observing what mom does throughout the day. And it seems to have a positive effect on our mommy. <laughs> so kids might be curious and ask some questions. What are you doing, mom? What, hey, what are you doing? Why are you going outside? Oh, you want to come with me? I'll show you. So we're modeling. And this is how our, our kids learn. And they're not just seeing what we do. They're seeing how we do it. So exactly. they're not just seeing that we're making a yummy, healthy breakfast. They're seeing how we're doing it. So we're doing it from like a calm, slow place. Or sometimes they, I'm raising my hand here, see me doing it like this, running, running, running. So those are two, those, that's the same action that I'm doing, but two different ways of being. It's, it's more a way of being than a, something that I'm doing. And it has a different impact on my nervous system. And then it has a different impact on their nervous system. Yeah. Absolutely. And we we're all energetic beings so if we live in the house together we pick up on each other's energy right so if we can do something to calm and strengthen and just make our nervous system feel good mm-hmm. our kids our spouse everybody who's living in that home even our pets they feel that energy yeah. right when when a child if you think about it, when a child has a tantrum, has a meltdown, right? They, they're just melting out and they're so distraught and upset. Oftentimes as the parent, oh my gosh, that is hard to witness. And it's usually happens when we need to get out of the house and, you know, we have an agenda, we have a schedule, we have a time frame. Well, we are coming back two days later because we had some technical difficulties. So <laughs> Lauren and I are also working on our own self-regulation in real time. So I'll welcome us all back. And then Lauren, take us take us where we were already going. Well, and first, I want to just thank you for, again, your authenticity, because it just feels good to just be able to be authentic. Yes, two days later. And we were talking about... Um, when we see our kiddo meltdown, that, right, our child is melting down, they're having a tantrum, they're falling out. And typically, or often, as parents, our, our buttons can get pushed or triggered, right? Because energetically, we're in the same space as our child, they're having a meltdown. And it's not uncommon, and there's no shame in recognizing that we might flip our lids because our child's having a meltdown. It often happens when we're in the middle of a transition. We have to get out of the house. We have to be somewhere. There are time constraints. And so we might flip our lid. And that is because, or in part, our child is extremely dysregulated and melting down. And our nervous system, we can easily get thrown off course, and we become dysregulated. So what is helpful to think about is what can we do as the grown up in the situation to help ourselves regulate before addressing the child that is just out of sorts, right? And there's all levels. We know there's all levels of a meltdown. But before going over to try to fix or console or whatever you might typically do, if we can catch ourselves, and this takes practice, 
but and regulate ourselves, whether it's putting our hand on our heart, taking a slow, deep breath. Um, some people wear, um, you know, a hairband or a rubber band, rubber band around their wrist to kind of give it a, a quick pull. Mm-hmm. So we can ground ourselves, connect with ourselves. I love um, Dr. Dan Siegel. He, he uses, and I think it's also in positive discipline, um, connect before correct. Mm-hmm. And that is explaining how we want to connect with our child before we offer a correction. And I want to take it a step deeper. Let's connect with ourselves mm. first. Yeah. So often we are so busy. Moms are amazing heroes in this world and we are running. Mm. And if we can slow down and connect with ourselves briefly, even in the midst of a tantrum or a meltdown, and then realize this is an opportunity because we parents are our children's first and greatest teachers, I do believe. So we can connect with ourselves, get ourselves calm and regulated, and then approach our child to kind of check in with them before trying to fix it, solve it, make it all better, or, or again, inadvertently dismiss the problem, right? Sometimes if we see a child crying, we're like, oh, it's okay, don't worry. No, it's not a big deal. Well, when someone is crying to them, it really feels like a big deal. And again, we try, and I, and I know this personally as well as professionally. I have said to my daughter when she was younger, it's okay, come here, stop crying, you know, don't cry. And ouch, yeah. that is one I would love to be able to redo. Mm-hmm. Because instead of saying, oh, no, it's okay, don't cry. We could say, oh, you're really upset. I see your you have big feelings. Like just to kind of say name or label what the child is demonstrating, mm-hmm. that can be really validating. Mm-hmm. So, and I just want to put in that this works not only with ourselves and with our children, but with our partners and with our colleagues and with our friends and with our dogs. Like we want to feel re- like we are real. Like our feelings are valid. And once we feel like our feelings are valid, from that point, we can shift. But otherwise, if we don't feel like the person like gets that our feelings are real, then we're trying to convince them. And then we're stuck in that trying to convince them. And it escalates. And also really that can prolong the meltdown. And the child might escalate because they really feel misunderstood. Yeah. You know, I'm working on listening more mm-hmm. and solving less. Mm-hmm. And that is um, something I invite all listeners <laughs> to think about. Because as as mamas, when we get into that mama bear protective instinct, you know, when that rises in us, we really just want to problem solve and soothe. Mm-hmm. And first is just to be heard and listened to before fixing the problem. Or, or trying to brainstorm an issue, you know, of, of what the issue might be and, you know, where that goes. Mm-hmm. So, down, validating. Well, I just want to put a plug here for my upcoming program, Mommy Circle, which starts September 25th, because this is one of the main things that we focus on is listening with compassion. 
listening with love rather than the need to understand because we can't always understand what someone else is going through, but we can still have this love and this compassion and this acceptance of them and then also of ourselves. So even with myself, I don't always understand why I behave a certain way or think a certain way or have certain patterns but I can still love and accept myself. And then from that place, the understanding kind of blossoms. Absolutely. Yes. And the mommy circle sounds amazing. Yeah. So, so we'll put a, we'll put a link to that in the show notes in case you're interested in uh, learning more about these practices. And thank you for putting it out there in the world. It is so needed. Um, so valuable. Thank you. Okay, Lauren, I want to ask you my last question. But before I do, do you have anything else that you want to say here? Yes, two things. One, just huge gratitude, Isabel, for who you are, and what you share in the world, because it's it's authentic people like you that are really, really making a difference. That you're you're shining light and spreading tools and love and space for moms. And um, so thank you for that. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is um, just to the listeners out there, also gratitude because when we work on ourselves, mm-hmm. connected. So yeah. when we work on ourselves without without being so harsh on ourselves, when we have the curiosity, and the motivation to be open to change, that's where it all starts. And mm-hmm. anything possible when we have that mindset, that growth mindset to mm-hmm. come to a place of love and compassion, change is possible. And mm-hmm. well, no, we can only change one person, right? Mm-hmm. Ourselves. Ourselves. Yeah. yeah. So lots of um, just love and acceptance to all your podcast listeners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And here's my last question. What is the next empowering action you'd like to invite our listeners to take? Love that. So I would love to invite the listeners to this. It's, it's one thing, but it's kind of like two parts to, to really just take a few moments. It does not have to be a large amount of time. It could be five minutes to pause and think about how in their life can they slow down? Mm-hmm. Slow down. Because when we slow down, we invite in so many opportunities for mindfulness and intentionality. So where can you slow down? And then how, how can you bring um, more self-love into your own life? And that can look different for everybody because when we give ourselves a little bit more self-love, self-care, self-compassion, a little more grace and soothing, we're helping ourselves. And by strengthening that in ourselves, we're modeling it for our kids and our families. And um, I I really believe that um, showing more self-care, self-love, slowing down you know, connecting with ourselves more, mm-hmm. whether it's, again, we, we talked, we t- talked about a little bit, you know, different things we can do, um, can really bring more balance 
and a natural state of being able to self-regulate more quickly in the times that we need it the most. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, make, that makes so much sense. And I also just want to say what, like, I have a little um, red flag sometimes when I hear the word balance, because mm-hmm. I get this image of like the scales, like ones. And for me, my life just isn't balanced. I love the word harmony. Like when I hear harmony in music, because it, it reminds me that like, I'm not looking for all parts of my life to have equal, equal weight. I'm looking for them to harmonize. So one part is going to be, you know, having the front stage while another part is back up. And then that part comes forward and the other part is back up. So yeah, for me, I'm all, I'm, I'm really guiding myself in a self-loving way towards harmony and slowing down is yes. I really take that invitation to heart and it really is important. Yeah. That harmony, I think that that if that that made me take a deep breath and smile, like yeah. that resonated at my core. And I think, yeah, because what is, I mean, I don't know, balance is balancing, like you, you picture that, you know, right, balancing two things. And we have way more than two things yeah. that we are balancing. Yeah. So feeling that sense of harmony, harmonic composition within ourselves, within our family teaching children like let's let's get harmonious together you know i love it love it thank you and if people want to share with you their takeaways from today where can they find you your socials and we'll have them in the notes as well we'll love 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 to get any feedback um and they can find me at the powerful project so my email is lauren at powerfulproject.org that's we'll use that email for today. Um, yeah. So powerful yeah. project and just my first name, if they want to send a message or um, find us on Instagram, we're powerful project ATL mm-hmm. started. We were founded in Atlanta and then on Facebook, we're powerful project Inc. And um, would love to, to share and get more followers and all that good stuff. Yeah. Wonderful. Okay. Thank you, Lauren, so much. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. You've been listening to the Mother's Empowerment Podcast. That's all for today, my friends. And here's what I want you to remember. Empowerment is an inside job. The only one who can empower you is you. Today's episode was produced by Brendan Lindsay. Intro and outro music are by Matthew Randolph. I'm Isabel Bridges, author of Daddy Daughter Day. I'm also the founder of the Mother's Empowerment Sisterhood. You can learn more about my work and join the sisterhood at isabelbridges.com. Hi, I'm Elizabeth, and I've been a member of Isabel's Circle for the past three years, and I just love being with other mamas and sisters and being able to support each other and have a container for nurturing and filling our cups. And 
the common humanity that it brings. And speaking of common humanity, I'm a mom of two neurodivergent kids myself, and it just brings so much um, different aspects of parenting in terms of advocating for their needs, celebrating their strengths, making sure that their confidence is up so that they can navigate the world with more ease. And Isabel also shares that journey with me. And I was really excited about the idea of offering a mommy circle specifically for moms of neurodivergent kids. And so we're going to do just that. I'm so excited. Starting September 25th, we're going to have a pilot program we'd like to invite you to. And it's going to be a shortened six-week session. And I am thrilled to offer this to moms of neurodivergent kids based on Isabel Bridges' model of mommy circle. Did you enjoy this episode? Good. Then you are going to love mommy circle, the place where we put the me back in mommy. This season will gather for six consecutive weeks starting on September 25th. And I'm partnering with my good friend, Elizabeth Sauter to offer mommy circle to mothers of neurodivergent children, teens, and young adults. Because parenting these kiddos comes with a unique set of challenges and joys. And maybe you or someone you know are looking for a community of moms who get it. And if you ever feel unsure about how to navigate the challenges and triumphs that come with this journey, I want you to know that I feel you, I see you. I know that parenting these extraordinary kids is inherently hard. And I'm not going to pretend that it can be all rainbows and butterflies all day long. But what I am going to tell you is that it's easier when you are surrounded by others who are in the same boat as you. But first, you have to find that community. And that's where Mommy Circle comes in. So join me on September 25th by going to isabelbridges.com forward slash mom dash me dash circle. I'll see you there. And psst, I'm offering a 50% off discount for a limited time only. So check it out today, isabelbridges.com.